Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. President Biden, please just say you're sorry. Sorry for this economy. Sorry for the out-of-control prices, inflation that your administration has not dealt with. Sorry for the border that is leaking like a sieve. And so sorry for the tragedy of the fentanyl crisis, also out of control, leading cause of death among young people, just to name a few items. And the balloon. Let's not just go ahead and apologize for that disaster, too. Yeah, so tonight, the State of the Union, 9 o'clock tonight, and I'll be watching, we'll all be watching, and we'll bring you the latest and our takes and recaps tomorrow morning if you need to go to bed. It's a local story, too, because, of course, many local individuals are very proud to go. So, for example, First Lady Jill Biden, she's from this area, as you know, and she's invited a Westchester, Pennsylvania woman, Mitzi Colin Lopez, who actually was three years old when her parents brought her to the United States from Mexico. So she grew up as one of those DACA dreamer kids. And so she'll be um, pointed out apparently in the president's speech as somebody who deserves that uh, DACA you know, recognition. And that's how they'll spin the story. I doubt mentioning the fact that the DACA individuals brought here as children want a legal pathway but we've had a record number of millions of individuals who've come across the border, and many of them have not been vetted. We don't know. And that's not to mention all the gotaways, as they're called. And, of course, we've talked about the hero bus driver, Krista Shields, who interrupted that carjacking in Philadelphia's Fishtown neighborhood. I'd reported to you that um, that story when it happened. He used his 40-foot SEPTA bus to kind of box in and scare off a would-be carjacker. And the woman in the vehicle, very grateful to him, was not injured thanks to this hero, really. A SEPTA driver on the job, could have looked the other way, decided not to. I'm thankful that the President of the United States of America is giving him credit where credit is due. But I certainly wish, wish that Biden would say, you know, we should never have had that defund the police movement. We should, that was wrong. That was a bad strategy. Didn't work. Put everybody at risk. And talk about the bad policies on a national level and on a local level in Philadelphia that have put all of us in danger. I'm just saying. 
So we'll break down the State of the Union for sure. Speaking of the, the crime in Philadelphia, and we've talked a lot about it, but I think about you know the five children since the beginning of the year, 13 and under, who have been shot in the city or victims of violence. But I think all five shot. The latest happened just this morning. A 13-year-old girl. You know what she did? She decided to have a sleepover reportedly at you know grandparents' house or relatives' home in Philadelphia when gunfire erupted outside in the street and she was struck as a bullet pierced the home, pierced the walls of this house. And she's now in the hospital in stable condition, shot in the shoulder. So my former colleague at Fox 29, Steve Keeley, reported on this this morning. Let's get the latest from Steve Keeley. No doubt viewers have lost count how many kids have been shot while you would think safely inside a house from bullets that are coming from outside the house. And that's the case yet again. This time in southwest Philly, it's just before one. And this little girl, just 13, happens to be awake and happens to be standing near the front window when 11 of more than 30 shots come through that window. And if you think that's bad, imagine how much bad it could have been because she's there with four other kids as young as five, between ages five and 16, they're all in there and only one is shot in the shoulder. And there you see the police on the other side of the window. And what they learned was 20 more shots were fired from outside as a 20 something year old guy is running from two would be killers who are chasing him in a car, then they get out of the car on foot, they are firing at him nonstop. He runs across the street, runs up the steps to this house where the little girl happens to be with relatives. She doesn't live there all the time. And he runs up the steps and into the front door, which was unlocked, to get away from these killers. And then they see him go in the house and they start firing through the window, still trying to kill him, despite all the kids they see with the lights on through the window. There were numerous people inside of this property, including teenagers, young adults, and juveniles. And the fact that 11 bullets went through the living room window and only this 13-year-old female was struck by gunfire, it's pretty amazing. But she, fortunately, is in stable condition with a gunshot wound to her shoulder. Fortunately, we found numerous businesses as well as other properties with exterior surveillance cameras. So hopefully these cameras recorded something that can help us with the shooting investigation where a 13-year-old female was clearly struck by stray gunfire. We do not believe that this 13-year-old girl was the intended target. Yes, yeah, so according to Chief Inspector Scott Small, she is at Children's Hospital Philadelphia, CHOP, as we call it, um, in stable condition. And so it looks like five other children um, very young children there visiting family members, reportedly grandparents or um, other relatives, and nobody else hurt inside the home. It sounds like because this happened in the in early this morning, what we're hearing is that the children heard this commotion out on the street. They were awakened, the family awakened, and saying, what in the world? They go to look out the window, and this is when they you know, hear this commotion, the guy, as you hear a suspect who they, they have no connection to, uh, reportedly, by all accounts, they don't know who this is, but the guy is, you know, runs to a door. The door is apparently unlocked and races into to that home. 
And that's when those gunmen who were hunting him down actually shoot toward the home and toward the children. Uh, so uh, t- think of, think about this, a terrifying situation. And it just sounds like a war zone. You think about that and, and the ramifications of not just the 13 year old girl who's recovering a chop, but we've talked about this, the mental health crisis striking kids in, in Philadelphia already because why of all the mandates, the shutdowns, all of that that we're dealing with after they were banned from the classroom and going to school. But you think about the impact, the trauma psychologically to all these little kids who are hearing the gunfire night after night and how that might impact them. We must address it and we're not doing enough. And part of the reason I think that we're not doing enough as far as city leadership is that city leaders do not want to acknowledge or most of them that the policies need to be altered. At this point, I don't even, part of me just thinks I don't want to blame anymore. I don't want to talk about Krasner. I just want to talk about the solution and say, what policy changes are you making that are recognizing that we have a crisis here? And as you well know, as a parent or a grandparent, in a kid's life, you know, in adult life, we might say, oh, well, we're going through some changes and it's going to take months or it's going to take years. When you think about a child and think about your kid, if, if something, or grandkid or child in your life, when they're going through something, that must be immediate. Whether you get them to a doctor, whether you get them to counseling, whether you change their school, let's say they're being bullied. And you think about how in the mainstream media we talk about and we hear the mainstream media talk about bullies and the trans kids and how the trans kids need immediate help. And this is drastic and this is immediate and this matters to their mental health. And we need to pour in federal dollars. I told you about that case in Allegheny County in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area, where they're flooding federal dollars in a pilot program to help foster children in particular who might be trans and might need surgeries. And so we're going to pour in all this money and they treat this as, oh my goodness, this is a crisis. And anybody who doesn't want to provide these tax dollars and these in highly invasive surgeries, well, you're just phobic in some nature. And yet, what about these children in Philadelphia that we're talking about in the current news story? What about the one girl, 13 years young, as well as other children as young as five to eight years old? What about these five children this morning? Why not make the focus on them as well as the thousands of children, thousands in Philadelphia during the pandemic? Look during the pandemic period. Thousands of children traumatized by violent crime. These are innocent victims. Why not focus on them and their needs and tax dollars, these same tax dollars we want to earmark to save the children from bullying? Isn't this the ultimate in bullying? I will submit to you. But I I guess it doesn't fit the narrative where we can make those I don't know, white, white women, white woke women in the suburbs who apparently are so triggered that they want to change the, the political vibe happening in America. Why don't they get upset about this rather than talk about a tiny percentage of those kids who I'm not denying certainly at the very least need um, immediate psychological and, and medical care, et cetera. I'm not denying anybody. I'm simply saying why. 
why isn't this a national focus? Why aren't we focusing on the children in America who are being bullied each and every day by violent crime plaguing their neighborhoods, their streets, outside their schools? Why don't they get equity and inclusion in this conversation? Why don't we talk about, why don't we Zoom this girl and many like her, thousands like her in Philadelphia, Zoom her in from her hospital bed during tonight's State of the Union address. You won't see it because it'll never, ever fit the narrative. Another story that I want to get to, did I even say hello? Hi, Dawn Stensland here, <laughs> 855-839-1210. I'm so fired up this morning. It's a Tuesday morning, big morning, and we'll have all the reaction locally to the State of the Union, what's going on in Harrisburg, our executive producer, Anthony Dorenzo, our certainly our great engineer, Jimmy Kelly, all standing by. I want to get to local reaction to this unbelievable, powerful earthquake that shook and is, is really the after effects of it. Um, we're talking about Syria and, of course, Turkey, the death toll rising drastically to 5,000-plus victims of this horrifying situation. And Anthony found it a local a local reaction to this, what local restaurateurs, local business people here from that community, from Turkey and Syria, and how they want to do something and make a difference. Listen in. This is the latest local report. To bring all my like uh, family recipes, good signature dishes, like uh, everything on the menu, especially picked items. Uh, from my own town. Fatih Kekesh immigrated to Philly more than 20 years ago, opening Isat restaurant as a reminder of home. He was born and raised in Gaziantep, Turkey, the city at the heart of this morning's earthquakes. The magnitude 7.8 and 7.5 temblers are the strongest to hit the region in more than a century. I'm sad for everybody. The yeah, it must be terrifying to have something like that. Most of his family still lives there. Their homes destroyed, but all grateful to be alive and uninjured. They can't go in their houses right now. they outside. They stay in their car. All the way across the globe, Fatih wishes he could be there with them. But for now, the best comfort and healing he has to offer is through sharing his food and culture. Our uh, guests are like very supportive and they love us to be here. Now, Fatih here at Isat says he's going to find a way to fundraise through his food to help his family and community back home in Turkey. In Queen Village, Karen Hua, NBC 10 News. It's always great to think about, and this is why we live in such a great country in America. We have such great people, and this gentleman thinking of those suffering. And if you've seen the videos of the buildings toppling, and as those you know, rescue workers are working against time and horrible weather conditions, whether it's kind of raw, rainy, or snowy weather, um, some cold overnight, frigid temperatures overnight, and just hoping and praying that they pull survivors from the rubble. You know, I just saw this notice from a TSA spokesperson, Lisa Farbstein, and she tweets out about a cute picture of a little doggy who looks like the dog in uh, Wizard of Oz, Toto. But she says, oh my, the owner of this little bundle of cuteness 
sent their dog through the TSA x-ray machine at the airport security checkpoint, please, please reminder, remove your pet from the carrying case and then hold on to your pet when you walk through the metal detector, only a veterinarian should x-ray pets. So this is has gone viral with thousands of views, but concerning that the what happened was they had one of those little plastic carrying cases and it, it went the doggy went through the the x-ray machine. Now the update from TSA, the dog seems fine. But the TSA agents were very concerned and said, oh, my goodness, you know, you never should put your dog through or your cat, Sid. I know Sid and Sarah Weiss already know this, but a lot of so a lot of concerned pet owners are saying, who would do such a thing? The little doggy is such a cutie. So I thought I would bring that to your attention. You can give me your reaction to that, as well as the other days, the other news of the day. We also have an update for you on the uh, recovered remains of that balloon and now reportedly there's another balloon i'll tell you where but we have now the feds investigating and i guess they've sent these to a lab so we're going to give you the latest on the big big balloon we have so much still ahead this is the dawn show i'm dawn stensland at dawn stensland on twitter 855-839-1210 we're going to be right back okay two things so our executive producer as you would know anthony dorenzo we were talking about first of all that wonderful menu I may have to support this local business, family business, Isot, I-S-O-T, because they Looks have, so an, good. oh my gosh, Mediterranean, and he's you know trying to, their family is trying to send money over to help those impacted by the quake, just delicious homemade foods. So that was the first thing we were talking about. And then the second thing is people who think they're big media experts and talking about Fox News and and that and that cable news is like a virus let's get rid of all cable news so yes. tell us about you found this Anthony so tell us more yeah this is uh his name's Cigar and Jotty he is from a podcast called Breaking Points they're pretty popular online they've essentially tried to corner themselves as moderates that debate issues uh Crystal usually leans a little more left uh, I guess Segar usually leans a little more right, but they're kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they went viral a few years ago. They actually worked with The Hill uh, and then went out on their own and did this breaking points operation. So it's been interesting. They obviously talk about news a lot, as we do, and the structure of news. And uh, this is something I found really interesting. I know you disagree, but I mean, this is kind of what I continue to tell people with media. I feel like TV is just trending in a weird place. And, uh, he kind of expands on the state of things. And I know you disagree with it, but we'll debate after listening. He was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast this week. Cable is a fake business model. We talk a lot about the failing ratings. So how do they survive? It's because they're part of something called the cable bundle. When you buy cable, they pay CNN and MSNBC and Fox to be a part of the bundle. The vast majority of the profit of these cable channels comes from the bundle because they're getting paid just to exist. I mean, can you imagine if we were getting paid to exist, not based upon our actual numbers? It's all part of this fake system. But the benefit is, is that with the rise of independent media, more and more advertisers are waking up. And that's why I was actually really excited by Amazon striking that deal with the NFL because I'm like, yes, get them. We have to get away from live news on TV. That's the number one thing still propping them up today. Yes. So. My take on this, first of all, uh, my my husband and I cut the cord. We don't get cable. We go through YouTube. 
But also, I would submit with Fox in particular, I would say that Fox News viewers are among the most loyal. If you look at their profits, they have incredible profits and much higher profits than, let's say, CNN or MSNBC. So I think first and foremost, Fox has such a loyal following that they're not, if, you know, if, if they cut, if somebody says, you know, unbundle them or whatever, it's not going to matter. People will find them, number one. Number two, when anybody says get rid of live news as a person who I'm from, that's my, that's my wheelhouse. That's what I grew up in. I mean, since even when I was in college, I had my own show on a cable station. So I believe in live news. I, I think the problem is the partisan politics that has been infused into so-called mainstream, so-called, you know, so-called objective coverage. But live coverage and live reporting is critical around the world. We've seen, we've seen dictatorships and communist regimes fall. The democracy and reporting on democracy and reporting on different movements, it's critical. Yeah, I and agree. So I think those I'm are all great. I think those are all great points. And I think he actually agrees with you in the sense of news. I think he's just speaking on the sense of how we have MSNBC and Fox News now, which generally, I mean, they play to a certain base. They're not there to talk about the news. They're there to talk about a perspective, to talk about uh, a worldview. And I think that's kind of the frustrating thing, whether it's us or people online covering news. It's just kind of frustrating to see that and have that model consistently be sustained and not only be sustained, but they essentially control the narrative on left or right, no matter what network network it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know you mentioned YouTube, which I, it is good that these streaming services are involved. But even the YouTube TV, I mean, I'm sure they're paying an arm and a leg for the rights to play all these channels. So it's a similar structure. Uh, if we don't move away from it, I just think things are going to similarly be the way they've been, especially since COVID. I mean, look at the reporting around it and the polarity from left to right and how we don't really have conversations about it. We just kind of put slanted stories out there on it. And I don't know. I think the more online media becomes the mainstream, which I mean, it's getting there slowly. Uh, I, I hope it has a bigger impact, but you know, I don't hate everything Fox does. I don't hate everything NBC does, but they clearly play a role in our media that seems to not really help things. And I kind of agree with them there. The fact that, they're not really beholden to their viewers what which, would, like we are, yeah, which is crazy. What I would say, the difference I'm going to say, Anthony, is that with Fox, they they distinguish between, let's say, Brett Baer. Brett Baer is not going to give his partisan political viewpoints. So they may have reporters who give the vantage point of the viewpoint that's that maybe um, might slant a little to the right, but in their mainstream newscast, right, with, like, what's his name, John Roberts and that some of the dayside shows, they're not going to give you the commentary during their, their newscast that's far less partisan. Then, yes, after Brett Baer, I forget who is first up, but when you watch The Five, you know where everybody stands. And, in fact, that's why they have the one person who skews more as Democrat, Right. Then when you have Jesse Waters or certainly Tucker Carlson, those kinds of shows, Laura Ingram, you know that those people are not news people. They are giving commentary and they are giving 
a right slanted type commentary and they are very upfront about that. What I have an objection to and I think what brought CNN down was when CNN spent a lot of money reporting from the world live. And by the way, when CNN started reporting from Ukraine on the war, their war coverage was incredible. It was one it was perfect. They should go back to what they did and do best. But instead, it's cheaper and it's easier to have like the Don Lemons of the world stand there and talk about his black hole <laughs> well, coverage. I, Remember I think, that? Yeah. I mean, I think to that point, you're right. I, it's it's just easier to play to these bases. There's no there's no real money in just reporting the news. People. Honestly, other than people like us and our listeners, a lot of people don't necessarily want to know the news. They want to hear their perspective of the news. And these networks know that, so they play to it. And I mean, you know, maybe MSNBC and CNN do it more than Fox, but either way, they're all looking for that person, you know, whether it's right, left, middle. And I think they just ignore the middle because the people that are so angry on the right or the left, those are usually the ones tuning into their channel. So I will also say Fox News from just a production standpoint, if you look and we have monitors all throughout the building. So if you look side by side at CNN and then just the visual with no volume, which is what we have. Some of us have if you can get the closed captioning. Right. But if you look at Fox News, look at the way everybody's lit like any person that you see on Fox, when you meet them in person... Oh, it's pristine. Sorry, you're yeah. not... That person is not going to look as good in person. And that's, <laughs> by the way, that's the way it should be. Um, but when you look at their graphics, when you look at everything about... And, and, and they spend a fortune making sure that this is all a certain way. The coloring, the lighting, everybody looks fabulous. The audio quality, the production quality... They do it best. Nobody does it better, in my well, humble opinion. I agree with that, but I think that also kind of goes back to the original point where he's saying these networks are just funded by, like, they have the money for that because they get so much money from Comcast, from Cox, from all of these cable providers throughout the country, even YouTube or Sling, like we were talking about. So I think that's why it looks so great. Imagine if we had that kind of, what if people just had to pay us to be on the radio? We'd, I, we'd probably have more producers. And there's no shortage of very attractive women on Fox News, let's right. be honest. I mean, everybody's got like that real attractive, intelligent look, and it's just it just does well. It knows how to reach an audience. And to your point, Jimmy, and you bring up a great point, because sometimes I get, I will admit, it's aggravating to me that all morning long when you see fox news you might see a guy who's aging you might see you know different looking men um mostly white men but n not all but the women look like cousins of barbie <laughs> yeah. like barbie's little sister barbie's little skipper cousin but they're all mo vast majority in, in, monday through friday are blue-eyed blonde-haired women who look like they're from the same family and sometimes I get, I do get irked by that. I will just say this. When you look at their credentials, right? Every one of, most of them are attorneys, by the way. Like Shannon Bream, attorney. Um, you look at Dana Perino, who's, you know, on, she worked in the White House, you know, in the Bush administration. So these are highly qualified women. Sometimes I will say it annoys me that they, you know, Harris Faulkner weekdays has her own show. But and and I know Lawrence Jones, who's African-American, has a I don't think he has a weekday show yet, 
But sometimes I think, come on, it's like 1970s TV. Yeah, it's like oh, Hooters. Exactly. <laughs> Hooters see, 1970. And see, that <laughs> seems to be the big thing now, is that everybody who's in broadcasting is a lawyer. I mean, everybody who you hear about on radio, oh, they were a lawyer at one point yes. in time. Everybody's a lawyer. Right. So sometimes I think, mm, you know, I would like to see a little more, a little more than, but come on. Do you remember, you know, because I, I grew up in the late 70s, 80s or whatever, and, and when CNN had first started on cable TV, that was a big deal. Like, they were it. They were the only ones around, and then these other channels just popped up out of nowhere in the 90s and just took over and were dominant. Well, CNN, that's what I say. When they began, and, and you can look back at that, when they really made their name and they were based out of Atlanta – Right. I think it was Ted Turner. Yeah. And we studied this, you know, in, in journalism, you know, history classes and all that good stuff. But CNN was they reported on the world, not just America, but on the world. And everybody wanted to watch because their reporters were incredible. And they brought that war into your living room. It was amazing. Great journalism. They should go back to that. So for when somebody say, I will say I'm triggered when anybody says get rid of live TV or live TV news. No, no, no. We need more live TV news because you know what? No matter what somebody's bias is, when you are reporting from that scene, you can't help but but report what's happening and and, what you, and interview those local individuals and say what you want about ted turner but he was so ahead of his time yes. back then he owned everything i yeah. mean he's like the original iheart radio he just owned everything at that point you know between cnn the atlanta braves uh superstation w tbs he was just way ahead of his time at that point but nowadays it's and i'll take your calls 855-839-1210 you, know, you think about the citizen journalist. So I, I think journalism will never die. And in America, we know that quality journalism, it's in the Constitution. They write about that because you question why aren't journalists licensed like a doctor, for example. There's a reason for that. And there was actually the, the founding fathers knew that the government, the government should not have a hand in funding or controlling free speech, or journalism. Freedom of the and press. That, and that, yes, and this is why we should not have government-funded television stations, which we know happen. That's what, for example, in New Jersey, that's the only television stations you really have are government-funded. What's wrong with that? It's actually anti-American, and it's anti the Constitution. Well, it's like NPR with us. You know, we're, we're funded by our company. NPR gets tax dollars. Correct. You know, and it's... I think to your point, I agree. We need more news generally everywhere. But my problem is with what you just said, state-run media, I think CNN and Fox, I mean, they're getting influence from both parties and money from both parties. So am I, I mean, honestly, it's just propaganda to me. I don't think that's news. And ever since Obama, in my opinion. Wait a minute. You said the party, you, the Republican Party funds Fox News? I mean, both par both parties influence those networks. Influence. Definitely. They, I'm sure they spend certain... I'm not saying the not party the as a whole. Not Twitter. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But I mean, it's similar in that sense. I just think it's gotten to this point where the powerful structures and the state 
they have an influence on these networks and it's not just citizen journalism and and you know kind of what we learned dawn like when you went to journalism or even when i went when i didn't even go that long ago but i feel like it's just totally changed from what i learned like the walter cronkite report the news and that's it we don't have that anymore and that i think that's why we need the people to kind of i think force it i think you do have it it, at, at all the networks, whether even MSNBC or CNN or Fox, I think at CBS with Catherine Herridge, I think you do have it, but it's not necessarily all the time. It's not the focus. Right? It's- so you will have those individual reporters, and I see reports all the time, even at CNN, those war reporters, incredible. Well, yeah. What's right? your, if you're at a war, I agree with right. you there. But Some I, of it's fascinating. Just the sensationalizing, I guess, of like the morning or the evening shows is what I'm more focused on there. So let's talk about home because there's no place like home. You've heard me talk so much about Chapman windows, doors, and siding. I think the world, first of all, of the Chapman family team, and they've supported us. They were one of my first sponsors when I, I mean, it's, what, nearly eight years ago. When I was hired at WPHT and it was the Rich Zioli show in the afternoons. Back then we were CBS News Radio. You think about the news and CBS News and how far we've come. Longtime supporters and one of my very first sponsors. So I'm very grateful to the Chapman family team. Two brothers, Mike and Mark Chapman, started their family business and really serving the community in Chester County. And now they, they really serve the entire region. So as their families grew, they've grown. We just love the work, beautiful work. I get such compliments when people come over, you know, replacing windows and doors and the stunning wall of patio doors they put in the foyer just to open things up. So they really do offer all the basics if you want. For example, um, stucco remediation, windows, doors, interior, exterior doors. But, for example, if you want to customize your home, they will take you to that level too. So think about the new Nana Wall product spectacular open view, gorgeous wall of glass doors and windows can really transform your home. And Chapman also offers premium architecture shutters designed to last a lifetime, historically accurate, and just beautiful hardware options that you choose. Lifetime warranty there. Some of the special and unique Chapman differences I'm always raving about. And the Chapman family team, they always offer just meticulous work, great work ethic, outstanding service, high quality products, And all that product knowledge, wisdom, they get it. They're going to respect your family budget, too. Just call them. You can text them, 610-431-8898, 610-431-8898. If you want to take a virtual tour of their showroom and look at all that the Chapmans offer, chapmanwindowsdoors.com, chapmanwindowsdoors.com. Tell Dawn sent you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We'll get to some local news stories in a moment. I want to get to some of your calls. 855-839-1210. Rich is in Delco in Delaware County. Hey, Rich. You had a comment yeah, on our... On, uh... Hey. Good. Hello. Hi, Rich. You're on the yes. Dawn Show. Yes. yes, how you doing? Uh, I wanted to take issue to your uh, comment that uh, uh, Hannity and Tucker and Laura Ingram are, are only opinionated. So you don't think that they give an opinion? That they give commentary? Well, well of, course, of course they do. Yeah. You, 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 you infer that they're not news people. They would, you know what? They would tell you themselves, and they've, they've talked about this, that they're not, uh, what I said was they, they don't call themselves journalists or objective journalists. So that doesn't mean, if they, yeah, news. They're not reporters. They're, Let, the, me finish, it's like a, Let me finish, Anthony. Let me finish. They're giving so, you the story behind the story. Maybe right, the slanted the way they want it. Rich, if I can finish, coming. Rich, if I can finish, because guess who's a, it's my show, so I get I don't want to be interrupted. Okay, so what I'm going to say, Rich, and understand, I'm I'm a longtime television news journalist anchor person, and so now recently, within the past year, they asked me to do my own show and give a lot of opinion. Right, so there's a difference between somebody who is reporting to you. And by the way, all the time, my entire career, Emmy Award winning career as a news reporter, anchor, host of shows, you know what I was registered as? An independent. Because I was so strict about not being biased in any way and giving all sides of the story. That's how people should be. If you are truly that, that journalist who's reporting on the stories. So I think we agree, Rich. That, in fact, you know, Hannity or Tucker and, or Laura Ingram, I, and I'm not putting down them down. I'm, I wa- I'm a consumer of their product. I'm simply saying even if you met them in person, they would tell you that they are giving you, yes, their take and a lot of commentary, but they also do a lot of interviews as well. So it's not that what I was comparing them to was, let's say, Brett Baer. So if you had Brett Baer and Hannity and Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson all together, they would tell you that Brett Baer really works very hard not to give a political slant, that he really is trying to do these interviews and give you an unbiased news coverage perspective. Does that make sense to you? Okay, that being said, let me ask you this. Is it possible that we could have a news reporter with a middle-of-the-road slant? Well, we should. We should. That's what we should have, Rich. And in truth, when I went to journalism school, the Hubbard Journalism School um, at the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis, that's where I attended, they actually talked about this. And they said that you should be a registered independent. No one should know. No one should ever know what your politics actually is if you're reporting a story. But think about that today 
in today's climate, it's almost a requirement that people want to know what is your news slant. And even some reporters we've heard who were trying to be unbiased and they were even accused maybe by their managing editor or what have you of, you know, are, you're not a Republican, are you? And so we hear about that. So we have to return to specifically in when we're reporting a story, right? It's, we shouldn't have the infusion of partisan politics, Rich. And so, but on the other hand, I personally think that Fox News does a, does the best job, in my humble opinion, of separating out who is that unbiased reporter who's trying to give you the news and do a fair but tough interview. On the other hand, those who, who will tell you, hey, I'm giving you a commentary that, yes, I, I'm, I'm a person who's a conservative. I'm giving you a commentary from that perspective. But they may very well include the other perspectives being told. Does that make sense? I got you. <laughs> well, Rich, I appreciate you calling. I hope I, I hope I answered your question. I think sometimes people are, uh, we, we all get defensive, right? Because maybe, and I think maybe Rich is a loyal viewer and a loyal consumer of those, those evening shows. And I'm not trying to make anybody defensive. I'm trying to make you want, when you watch these shows, look with a critical eye and think to yourself, on Fox News, watch the coverage throughout the day, and then you'll see somewhat of a changeover. In other words, you'll see, especially after Brett Bear's evening news, I think Brett Bear does a tremendous job of, of really presenting the facts of a case. And even in those interviews that he does, very fair. I think that, it, and all, and on the evening shows, I think that they try to say, hey, watch how it's being reported over here versus how it could be reported, depending on your viewpoint. So that that's really the kind of thing that I'm trying to point out. Joe, in North Wales, I want to get to you. You've been very patient. Um, what's your perspective, Joe? So on, there was a shooting where a young girl got shot, and I was just wondering, the city of Philadelphia received a grant of $200 million for gun prevention. No word has ever been said what they did with that, how they spent it, where it's going, whether it be the police or whatever. you have any ideas on that? Well, Joe, I thank you for the call. And I've reported on this, and even there was a public meeting in which there were people who work with nonprofits in our community who were supposed to receive some of that money. And in fact, you know, Joe mentioned the $200 million earmarked, but there are some half a billion dollars worth of COVID money that's available right now. And the money seems to be trickling in. And the question is, why? We know that the district attorney's office is in charge of some of this money. And it seems to be trickled down. I'll use that trickle down analogy that it's trickling in, but many in the community, even those who might be, you know, supportive of Democrats may have very well voted for Joe Biden. So that's, it's not a political issue. It's an issue of what's going on here. Who's holding on to this money? Why can you not disseminate it, disseminate it, uh, in a, in a quick way and infuse that money into the community, particularly to those nonprofits who are, who are grassroots organization even have many volunteers working with them and they're desperate for these, these dollars to work within the community to keep kids safer and help them cope all of that. 
And so the last I had reported on it, there were town hall, there was a, not town hall, there was a community meeting. And what I noticed was there were many who shut it down. And then when I'm trying to reach out to some of those community members, they are hesitant to speak about it. And so my feeling is that they're being told, hey, you're going to get your money, but please don't talk to the media about this because, you know, it makes us look bad. I mean, that's that's the bottom line of what I infer when I'm calling these different individuals, some of whom I've interviewed right here on the Dawn Show. So I'm keeping on it and I will keep you posted. And I thank you, Joe, for listening and paying attention because that's really what it's all about. All right, Dawn Show is going to continue. We want to catch you up to date, including a story where Jalen Hurts is involved in a way within a major theft that's being reported in Philadelphia. So we want to get to that. You know, somebody I'm grateful to is the Piazza family, great local family and great local business, 2023 upon us. What a great time of year to make sure your vehicle is reliable to get you through the winter and get you through this year. My friends, from the Fiazza Auto Group, they're always here for you to help you with any and all of your automotive needs, whether it's buying a new vehicle or maybe service and maintenance of your own vehicle. I think I told you the story about the engine light going on in my Honda Odyssey minivan, let the light on a little too long. I was nervous about it. They took care of me and I'm good to go. So don't wait until the engine light or any light <laughs> appears on your dash. Just schedule your vehicle's checkup now at any Piazza location. And, of course, Piazza Services all makes and models, certified dealer. So visit PiazzaAutoGroup.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaAutoGroup.com. Find that service center near you. Tell them Dawn sent you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.